Welcome to the Soul Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. My whole life has been spent on the healing path, and this podcast was born out of the desire to share with others the comfort and wonder that happens when you align with your soul through many different healing modalities. This is a space where you will step into your soul through enlightened conversations, stories about healing, and illuminating tarot and oracle card messages. You'll find that clarity, solidarity, and a community are rising to meet you here. Join me every Tuesday to feel more in touch with the beautiful soul that you are. Each and every one of us dreams on a nightly basis. Dreaming is the direct connection to our subconscious. It's a way to heal and process emotions and situations, and it's a portal to the multitude of possible paths that we could take in this lifetime based on our free will choices. Amanda Schumann, my guest today, is a life coach who specializes in dream work. She shares with us the many benefits of working with our dream world, how to increase dream recall, the purpose of nightmares and how to work with them for our highest good, and of course, her story of discovering her life's work. This conversation for me was incredibly enlightening and interesting, and it has completely changed how I view nightmares. (laughs) I know that in this episode, you are going to find fascinating information and tangible exercises that will prove useful. Welcome, Amanda, to the show. This has been a long time coming. We have scheduled and rescheduled this episode, and I'm so glad that you're finally here. Amanda and I took the Cosmic Boss Mastermind by Natalie Wellstein together, and as soon as I saw the work that you did, I knew I had to have you on the show. So this is just perfect divine timing. Would you mind introducing yourself and just tell us about the work that you do? Sure. My name is Amanda Schumann. I am a transformational life coach and I specialize in dream work. And in that I help mainly women, but I help people go from chaos to clarity using the images in their dreams, their own symbolism that's in their dreams to help them with that. I love that. So Amanda, how did you, how did you come into this? I mean, how did you decide that you wanted to do dream work and help people to understand the symbolism in your dreams. I feel like it's not a very common practice. So tell us, how did you get here? I got here as most dreamers do straight up in a dream. I actually, I am a lifelong dreamer. Apparently my dreaming style is very lucid and very lucid means that you're able to um, actively move through the dream like you're almost like you're awake but asleep Um, so I'm a lucid dreamer I dream in color which is also not always something that people do I have epic dreams (laughs) they're like stories I can literally write movies from what I dream which is fun it's so exciting but I can be honest in saying all of my life I have been met with responses about dreams that are very you know, I had this really great dream and I want to share it with somebody. And it's kind of like, okay, so you have an overactive imagination or that's nice, but what does that do for you? In my upbringing, I was discouraged to go to shops really that had dream work related books. 
I, it was kind of like, no, don't go there. That's not the right way to go to dreams. But nobody offered me any opportunity to learn how to deal with dreams. My next phase in that is I moved to South America with my husband and we lived there for three years in a very traditional indigenous community. And I got to know their dreaming community, their dreaming style, how they work with dreams. And I saw similarities and differences from my own. And when I came back from living there, that's when I really started to dig deeper. I looked into books, I looked into the different ways that we can work with dreams. And I really caught on to the Kabbalistic approach. That all being said, it all started with a dream. So the dream that it started with uh, was a couple of years ago now. In my dream, I'm in a waiting room. I met with a nurse and she hands me a tray that has a cell phone on it. And as she hands me this cell phone, she says, the coaching call is for you. And while I'm on this coaching call, I'm answering it, I'm talking to someone. And as I'm on this coaching call, I know that I'm talking about dreams in that. And as the call ends, the waiting room went from being empty to full. I hand her back the phone and we start talking about coaching. She was in the first round of the coaching program. I was in this new round and things are different from, we were comparing her coaching to mine, but I knew that I needed to take the coaching and the dream work together so that they could really envelope the whole process of healing. Oh my gosh. I I mean, it's so amazing to have, I've had dreams like that too, you know, where like they're almost, it's not like I see exactly into the future, but it's prophetic in the way that like, you know, things are happening. I'm like, oh, I know I need to go down that path or I need to do that thing. So I love that your dream calling and coaching came to you in a dream. (laughs) How beautiful. I'm totally comfortable with you calling it prophetic because I do believe that it is. Whether it's a global prophetic or a personal, it's still seeing what could happen in the future if you take a route. Yeah, It really is. I really feel like dreams are like the most clear window into our different timelines and our different paths. And I think this is just my opinion. Maybe you can um, shed some more light on it, but it's like, we can see the different timelines based on our choices and our dreams and the ones that we don't choose, they never come into fruition. But that experience of deja vu for the path that you did take, like shows up later during your waking life. I don't know. That's, that's what's happened to me. I've literally had moments where everything around me, I know I had a physical, actual dream about. Like, I know I was in that moment before and it's not just like this feeling of deja vu, like, oh, maybe I've been here before. It's like, no, I had a dream of this. I know I dreamed this happened. So do you think that's kind of how it works in a way? I full out absolutely believe it for myself. I find that I do keep a dream journal and I feel the deja vu dreams to me feel like the ones that you can't quite record where your mind is like this is really important and I know this can happen in the future but then it doesn't come out and that's just my personal me too uh, noticing of it but those are the dreams that really are or the deja vus that are really in the middle of a life-changing situation oftentimes like something is really profound happening in or at least for my experience in those moments the very first one that popped to my head for myself was when I was in in a 
personal relationship issue where I was actually separating from a spouse and I had a deja vu and I literally sat there. I'm like, I've been here. I have been here before. (laughs) Oh, that gives me like chills. It gives me chills (laughs) down the back of my spine. And I think for me, it it is also those, those large moments, but for, at least for me personally, it's been those transitional moments, right? So like, I remember when I got into graduate school and I was living in my apartment for the first time, I looked around and I had this moment of like, I have seen this apartment. I have been in this apartment before in a dream. So it's kind of like those life transition moments. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Yeah. And it's, for me, it feels very affirming that I am supposed to be here. It was shown to me that I was already here. Yeah. And even in that moment, you have the choice too. even if you see something and you're like, I remember seeing this, but I don't remember it being good. You have that power that you could say, I saw it go bad. I can make it go good. And it's having that empowerment to really make that choice. What do you think are the purpose? We're like jumping way ahead here. I I should probably do some of the basics, but I'm just going to follow what I feel like asking you. Sure. What do you think is the purpose of a nightmare? Like, why should I have this horrible dream? (laughs) Okay. One of my phrases that I'm kind of coining, and it definitely gets under people's skin, is all dreams are good dreams. And I full out believe that Mm. it has to have a little disclaimer with it. So all dreams are good dreams. And the disclaimer is... If you have a dream that makes you uncomfortable or one that recurs or one that triggers different exaggerated emotions, it's showing you, you need to look here. And the one thing with fear is fear will fester if you don't acknowledge that feeling. And so it's really just giving you that, that prompt again, like if it's a recurring prompt again and again and again saying, Hey, look over here, look over here with a nightmare or a negative dreamscape it's really looking at it and acknowledging it seeing what those big triggers could be in the dream it's recognizing those dream symbols and being able to use a positive energy to be able to examine them saying I don't like it it's uncomfortable I acknowledge that it's uncomfortable and I don't like it but let's see what this message might mean and, and going in gently with it. And if, and that's exactly where coaching brings in that safety space is that dreams really need to be expressed in a safe environment. If you go to a colleague who's very cynical and you say, I had this dream last night and they're going to bash that dream up into tiny bits, that is not a safe place. You're going to walk away from it very un, like disheartened from the whole experience. So it's really finding someone who either a friend, a confidant, or a life coach, if that's the direction you need to go, and be able to explore it in the most safe environment that you can. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that there are people like you who are out there to help people process dreams, because I I feel like 99.9% of the time, the person that you're telling about the dream, unless it involves them in some way, they're kind of disinterested, you know, like, Unless it's like a dream about my husband and I'm telling him what happened. He's kind of like, okay, all right. Well, (laughs) he just doesn't know what to say. So yeah, it's just kind of a difficult thing. Yes. 
That's part of the approach to dream work that I'm trying to put into words is seeing dreams almost like a relationship with your subconscious, because dreams are very much what what is in your subconscious. And, and the scientific perspective of dreams is very much proving that, that this is your subconscious, not just processing, but almost like playing out scenarios for the future. For example, for women that are pregnant and they're afraid of the labor and delivery, they will have all those scary, big, bad dreams leading up to that labor. And it's being correlated that women who have the worst and the most often scary dreams have the easiest labor and delivery because their mind has already run through every scenario that they could. Wow. That is fascinating. Yeah. So dreams are really becoming more understood through the science aspect. And the best part that I love is that it all is proving what is already in ancient scriptures. For example, I don't actually have the scriptures in front of me to quote it straight from the scripture. So most of the scripture that I follow is the Torah, which is the original part of the Bible, the Old Testaments, those original um, scripts. It's also connected to the Quran. I'm not familiar with how exactly that's connected, um, which books are in there. So it's in that older script of the Bible. So that's thousands of years old. And it states in there that a man will wake excuse me for that term, but that's just how it's written. A man will wake rested after eight hours of sleep, nothing more and nothing less. And science literally like a month ago just proved that in a scientific document that under eight hours of sleep, you're not getting enough. Your brain isn't functioning properly. And over eight hours of sleep is insignificant. You could sleep more, but it's not going to do any extra good. Interesting. So it's not like sleep compounds, you know, like it's like you meet this level and then that's kind of it, right? Yeah. I did remember in college learning that when you cram for an exam and you lose sleep over it, it takes like a week to get back those hours of sleep that you missed. But I'm not sure how that fits into all of my dream work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just a fun yeah. fact from college. <laughs> It's a good thing to know, right? I mean, it's helpful to know. I want to go back to just like at the very kind of beginning of this, where you mentioned that all dreams are good dreams. Like that really clicked when you used that birth example, because to me, it just, it it sounds like when you are willing to just process these things in your subconscious mind, it's just another way of healing. And it's almost like, this is such a beautiful way to do it. You can do it while you're asleep. And so I feel like just from hearing that I'm going to look at my, my nightmares in a totally different way, because that's, that's me making a step forward and processing a fear that I really didn't want to face during the light. So I love that you shared that. Yes. I remember when we were in class together, learning of one of the other students, she works with shadow work. And that phrase was very unfamiliar to me, Mm -hmm. but shadow work is essentially working with your subconscious. And in turn, working with your subconscious is working with your dreams and your dream images. So it's really opening up those places inside that you've kind of stuffed all that stuff you didn't want to have to deal with. And it dreams kind of allow you to see what is a good thing to work on right now. 
which I think is, I've been noticing this in my own dream work is when everything is calm and smooth, I'll get a dream that brings up something that is a bit of a trigger, but I'm in that calm and smooth flowing time period that I can manage that healing. That can be also be correlated to children. Like if you tell a child, don't put your bag down at the front entrance in the moment and you're heated and you're like, then they're not going to remember that lesson. But if you say to them, as you're walking past the door in a calm, collected time period and say, oh no, your bag is on the floor. How about we pick it up so it doesn't get dirty or knocked around? They're going to get that as a better shift in their psyche. They'll be able to say, oh, let me put my bag away because it looks neat and tidy over here. They'll take that lesson easier in a calm space. Sometimes with working with nightmares, you might want to first off record it, but after you've recorded it, maybe even take a day or two to wait for that energy to balance out and then re-examine your dream. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because there, I mean, like the variation and intensity of dreams is interesting to me too. It's like, I had a dream just two nights ago and I, I, (laughs) I put a comment on a post that you made. It's like this dream has just kind of like stuck with me. And it was about my daughter like being kidnapped, which is such a fear of mine. I think it's a fear for any parent, like just such a gut-wrenching fear. And she was kidnapped, but somehow we like found each other at the end of the dream and we were back together and everything was fine. And it was just like, but it has just stayed with me um, for today is now going on two days, but other nightmares I might have where something else happens. It's like, well, that, I mean, yeah, that was scary in the moment, but I don't think about it for days afterwards. So obviously my fear of having my child taken from me is much deeper than perhaps other fears because this is sticking with me longer. Right. Yeah. And the fear may not be the obvious one that you're seeing. Your fear may not be that she's going to be kidnapped. It could also be that like a different way to look at it might be that she's being taken from you from an outside source. Like maybe she's in school and you're feeling that she's being influenced by more people at school than when she was at home full time. I don't know how old your daughter is, but as examples, or maybe she's moved into high school and she has these different peers that she's spending time with. And you're feeling that, that separatedness from her separation from her. No, I am. I mean, she's five, she's going to kindergarten next year. This is her last year at home. And so on a very practical level, I am so ready for her to go to school. I've been a stay at home mom for nine years now, and I am just ready for a shift (laughs) in things. But my mama heart, of course, is like, this is my last baby who's at home and she's going to be off and on her own all day. And so, yeah, I do have anxiety about it. So that makes that that makes a lot of sense. That's much more practical than thinking. Yeah. <laughs> thinking that somebody, somebody and I mean, fear is fear, right? Yeah. Um, I, I've definitely had those same kind of kidnapping situation dreams um, for my my own self, maybe about eight months ago, more during the height of that pandemic time when, when a lot of triggers were happening. Yeah. Um, so yes, I totally get it. My daughter is actually six. So she's only just started school more because of the pandemic. Cause she was at home last year. So oh, yeah. I didn't realize we had daughters like around the same age. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. When we're talking about nightmares and we have a nightmare and we have a negative experience or a negative symbol, 
it's taught to turn around and face that fear in the dream. And when you do that, when you stand up for yourself in the dream, you're able to A, build confidence for your real life, to stand up for situations that are in real life. An example is if you're being chased by a big shadow, which happens, if you're able to turn around and face it and say, why are you chasing me? It doesn't have to be confrontational in a negative way, like beating something up. It can be straight up saying, you're frightening me. Why are you doing this? And just really being able to stop the action from happening. And you can open a dialogue with that scary image and be able to see what it is like i've seen amazing things when people work through this in dreams and it ends up being like a little child saying you're not listening to me come back and just talk to me kind of thing but they're chasing you in your dream and that's scary because they're chasing you but it usually comes back to being something very positive and that they're just not being heard whatever aspect of it is in yourself is not being heard so it helps by bringing that to light. So now if you wanted to do something like that, you would have to, I'm assuming, make the intention before you fall asleep, you know, the next night or whenever you feel ready to work on this again and say like, I'd like to experience this dream again. Is that what you need to do? Like, how can you make this dream come back up over and over to work on it? So you don't have to actually do it in the dream realm. Okay. Um, it's, it's fun to practice there. And to practice that kind of helps create that lucidity, that ability to move within your dream and make conscious decisions in your dream. But if you're not able to go back into your dream, because that's difficult too, you can actually do a writing exercise right now in your waking day. Write out in, in first person the parts that lead up to that part in your dream that was scary and just write it out with your dominant hand, just brief first person, you know, brief details. And then whatever it is that that scary image is, you're going to dialogue with it. So you're going to have your dominant hand as your self right now. And your non-dominant hand will be whatever that scary thing is in your dream. And the reason why you use your non-dominant hand is because it's more connected to your subconscious. It gives you usually a more basic description and be free. If like a, if a drawing wants to come out, let a drawing come out. If writing wants to, because it's hard to write with your, your opposite hand. I'm left-handed, so I said right hand, but whatever your opposite hand is. And be open in that, in that dialogue of going back and forth. That's such a great strategy. I, I love that. And it's it's something that I use in my work. My background as a counselor and also in my regression therapy is to really go back and reframe memories and things that have happened and to face them in a different way. And I just love that you can apply that to dreams too. It, it's such a beautiful way to work with the subconscious too and to acknowledge what you experienced in your dream and in your subconscious and what wants to be expressed. So I love that you gave that strategy. I have to ask. So if someone is listening to this and they're like, I never dream, <laughs> what, yep. how can you encourage more dreams if you want them? Or a dream in general? Or dream. Um, I would, 
I would have a conversation with them about sleep hygiene, as well as certain aspects of their everyday life. Sleep hygiene was probably the same post that we were (laughs) talking about, where it's like, what is your sleeping space looking like? Do you have fresh sheets on your bed? Do you sleep with an animal or do you like kick them out of the bedroom when you're sleeping? Do you have a partner next to you? It's really setting your sleep space so that you get the best sleep that you can in that eight hours that you can sleep. And then setting a a bedtime. I'm not very good at that. Setting a bedtime that's consistent and, and, and allows for you to have that ability to sleep that full eight hours really examining what their sleep aspect is, if they're actually getting eight hours of sleep every night. And also if they're, if they're wanting dreams, because if they don't want dreams, if they full out, shut it out, they've got this block out there saying, dreams are creative. I don't like creativity. My, my husband is a very logical person. His answer in dreams, when I talk to him about dreams is usually, well, that doesn't make sense. And I very much love him. And I love that he's starting to understand dreams are a little more creative and they're more emotion-based. I guess the idea is if you're not open to a relationship with your dreams, then they won't, they won't, they'll ghost you, right? They'll be, they'll be like, oh, you didn't text me. I don't want to text you back. So it's really setting that atmosphere and you can set an intention before you go to bed, write it on a piece of paper. I would really like to have a dream tonight, or I would really like to have a dream that helps me answer X, Y, Z of my life. Sorry, I'm Canadian. That was my alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) And really just setting that intention to have more dreams. But then you can also work on something that's called dream recall. If you're having the full eight hours of sleep, you might not be remembering the dreams. You're still, everybody has them and you might not have the memory of it. And so that's really building the muscles of your brain to start connecting recall. I have really great recall. All of my jobs seem to have been enhancing my recall. I was a federal food inspector, so I had to be able to document reports and be able to recall situations that happened at work so that I could have it stand up legally in court. We actually had a lot of training on that. But there's great exercises that you can do that can simply build your recall. And they're simple and they're fun. You can do them every day. What What's an example of like one of those exercises? Sure. One of the examples you can do is just as you're laying down to sleep and you close your eyes, you can begin to think backwards in your day. What did I do right before I laid the blankets down on me? What did I do before I took off my slippers? What did I do before I walked across my room? What was I thinking? Did I smell anything? While I was brushing my teeth, what else was I doing in the room? It's, it's really working backwards because that's how you remember your dreams is you wake up and then you have to think backwards. It's really practicing that backwards recall. You could do it a farther distance back. Like, what did I have for lunch? How did it taste? What was the texture? Were there any colors in my lunch? Was there anybody that talked to me while I was eating my lunch? So it's really building that backwards thinking and being able to recall it. Now, practice small things. Go at a slow slow pace. Don't overwhelm yourself. But it's really fun to be able to start having those 
those dreams come up and actually being able to write them down. We will return to our soulful conversation in just a moment. But first, I'd love to share with you about my favorite way to move my body that also honors my mind, spirit, and soul. Unicorn Wellness Studio is an online subscription-based wellness program that will support you in so many areas of your life through workouts that are in sync with your body's natural rhythms and the moon cycles, monthly guided meditations infused with Reiki healing, new and full moon card readings, and access to a private Facebook group. Click the link in the show notes below to begin your free 14-day trial. I hope you'll become a unicorn right alongside me. I love that strategy because I, you know, like me and my personality, I'd probably like, oh, I'm going to zoom backwards through my day. But I like, (laughs) I like that you encourage to just go slow because what is important, I think, in a dream is remembering some of those details, right? And trying to pick up on that. And if you just zoom over, you're still going to get a good overarching message of the dream, of course, but some of those details can be really important too. Yeah. And then also taking that approach of what I remembered in my dream is what I was supposed to remember in my dream. It takes a bit of that potential guilt feeling like, oh, I didn't, I didn't remember enough or I'm not going to get the full picture of my dream. You remembered exactly what you needed to. And that's fantastic. And then you work with that. So I, I remember having a dream. I was in the depth of learning about dreams and I was so excited And I had this dream and I'm planting a flower in the ground and it was in the village that we had lived in. So my image is like sand and this feeling of being in this village and certain people and the plant that I'm planting is a blown glass flower. And every time I go to plant it, I I break the stem or something breaks off and the people are like, how can I, how can I help you? You know, let me do it. And I'm like, no, 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 I can do this. There were three plants and I broke all three stems. So (laughs) sometimes it's really like, if I didn't remember anything in that dream, except for the fact that I was digging in dirt and I was actually working with a flower that was unusual, it was a, a glass flower. It's really capturing those elements like sand being earth and a natural element, glass being actually a form of sand, which I'm only just connecting because it's silica, it's melted sand. And noticing those curious things, that flower was made of glass. That is a curious, unusual dream image. And then just playing with that. What does glass mean to me? How my sister is actually a glass blower. So it's not that unusual of a dream for me, but it's, it's kind of like pulling in the context, the outside forces. So interesting. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. I love that you mentioned that. I do want to go back when we were talking about people who don't have dreams or don't recall their dreams. Like you said, everyone has dreams. It's just, Mm -hmm. we may not be willing to remember them. I wanted to note just because I work with the subconscious as well through regression work and you may, someone listening to this may really, really want to recall their dreams like desperately. So it's not that you don't want it. It's like, Mm -hmm. there could be a block there, but it's not that you don't want it. It's just that it's perhaps that you're afraid of what might come up in a dream or you're scared to explore that shadow work, that depth. Yeah. I wonder if you had, if you could add anything onto that for people who just really want it, but for some reason it's just not happening. Yeah, I've been there. 
I get that. I mean, I kind of pushed down my dreams because nobody was allowing me to express them. I didn't know how to work with them. And I get that. I'm a dream work coach, but that doesn't mean there's lots of us out there. And not everybody that works with dreams actually has the capability to coach someone. I think the biggest thing is you need to find that safe way to explore them. And I know there's a lot of people right now doing a lot of self-led healing. And I, I encourage that because I do feel like we can help ourselves heal and dreams are very much symbolic in that. But please reach out when you need help. There are psychologists that are trained in, in dream work. There are trauma trained people that are trained in dream work finding a group of people that discuss dreams, you might be able to find more connections. And by all means, you can reach out to me for sure. Because this is, I've been in that, that space of not knowing and not knowing how to handle it, knowing they're important and not knowing how to do anything with them. It's a very isolating space. And dreams are a great way to open up, to see those aspects that can be healed. I just want to keep encouraging, like reach out and find that that group of people, because it could be a friend who's very open and honest and comfortable in talking about dreams and can support you. And someday I would love for everybody to have that ability to use conversation in a healing way. I, I very much this is a relationship with your subconscious, right? A dream and really opening up that conversation in a healing method. I think that's why there's so many coaches out there is we're really moving into the space of everyone understanding how to talk and communicate in a holistic manner. I totally agree. And I appreciate your encouragement because I think people do need to hear that sometimes to break that stigma. I really want to ask you before we start wrapping up, what is the message that you are hoping to send to the world? I think you were starting to touch on it there with, with reaching out and getting help, but what is the work that you are just meant to share? Right now I'm starting with dreams. Right now I'm working on dreams related to coaching. I think that my healing path is really to be able to spread more of that relationship building aspect, really being able to share every ideas and share creativity and share our opinions in a safe way. So I think that building those relationships with each other and, and spreading that ability to rewire how our brains perceive things and being able to work with it on a dream scale. Dreams are going to be in my life forever more. They always have been. I take my, my own training deeper and deeper each time that I go I, every time I go, there are some dream schools. I'm being very picky on where I want to go, which is why I don't have a certificate in it. But that's just my own personal path. I just feel like there is a lot of joy and a lot of self-discovery that needs to happen on a global scale. And I really want to help bring that to fruition. I want to help people understand themselves so that they can help communicate and interact with other people on a better on a better level mm -hmm. taking like meditative insights into the everyday so that you're not just saying I will meditate here it's really like I can interact in that 
divine space, healing my soul, healing other people's souls everywhere I go. Yeah, I think the connections that I see are that you are building, helping us build our connection to our own subconscious so that we can also create connections with other people because we really are all one. And if we can tap into our subconscious and our inner inner knowing and our inner self, we're also going to be able to connect with other people better. So I, I see the deeper meaning in what you're doing. And I think it's amazing. Thank you. Yes. I'd love to pull a card if that's okay with you. And I love your cards. Yay. Let's do it. I chose for you. I had to, I mean, I, I told you this before we started recording, there was no other choice. I chose the shaman's dream Oracle by Colette Baron Reed and Alberto Villadro. They are amazing. I love their work together. This is their second Oracle deck together, but this one has a very, I mean, the, the name dream is in the title. It's a very like ethereal dreamy deck. And I just, I love its energy so much. So let's just see what comes up for us and what we need to know and <laughs> all the things. Hmm. Interesting. I'll, I'm going to be interested to see how this connects. The card that came up for us is first breath. So this is about a beginner's mindset, beginner's mindset. It's number card number 21. And as always, I always post a photo of these cards on my Instagram. So feel free to click the link in the show notes below. If you want to see this artwork, because honestly, you don't want to sleep on this artwork, right? (laughs) Amanda. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) It's it's bringing up so much. It's I'll let you read it first. Already. It's bringing up a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. This says when the first breath card shows up for you, it is time to leave the old stories and tales behind you have arrived. Take a deep breath. And then another, there's nothing else you need to do, but take in the new world that is revealing itself around you. Trust your natural curiosity. You mentioned curiosity earlier. There is no need to dwell on how difficult the journey has been or how tight the passage to get where you are now. Just take it all in and experience the awe and wonder of your arrival at this destination. Even if it is a familiar place that you have come to many times before, try to experience it as if for the first time, for you are renewed and the old you is no longer your concern. Practice the beginner's mind, not labeling or naming what you see and experience. That situation that was so difficult only a few days ago, just be with it and breathe. You have already gone beyond it, have overcome and resolved it, even if no one else realizes this yet. Soon enough, they will as you move on. Do not squander the power of first breath, giving the old narrative mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Use it for new beginnings, to animate a world you can play and create in. Do not underestimate the power of your breath and the magic of the word. Okay, that's uh, super powerful. Yeah, what's coming up for you? Uh, I'm I'm being given a very, very distinct message right now. First off, when I do, when I pull cards on my healing journey, I've become very close Uh, or at least closer in a relationship with, with God. And I will put a disclaimer out there. I'm very, I have an oministic perspective. I believe that there is truth in all religions. The God that I am comfortable with and know very well, 
goes by many names. I will use the word God just so that it's universal. When I first started pulling cards, and this was only recently because it's a deck that you and I, you pull from often, and I felt compelled to ask God, how can I do card pulling? How can I do the cards and know and feel that the intuition that I feel inside, which I know comes from God, how do I know that it's still okay for the messages that I get? And my response was, don't leave me out of it. Hmm. And how I feel that internally is that I take the numbers of the cards and I will examine the numbers of the cards. Now, I can't pull up what, so I use gematria, which is a Jewish or Hebrew way of examining. It's basically numerology for for, um, Hebrew text because each letter that's in the Hebrew text is a number. I use that. So I would have to look up what 21 is. But thinking about it just on this curiosity aspect is 21 is the age of an adult in the US, right? Like that seems to be a fairly typical age of being able to be in the world on your own to do your own thing. So it's like a rite of passage, if you will. And if you take 21 and you reduce it as you would in numerology, it comes down to three. And three is a beautiful message because it takes one, which is a very individualistic perspective. It's me. I did this. It's all about me. That's one. Two is like a couple and you have the friction of learning to be a couple, right? Which isn't always friction. It can be beautiful, but it has that aspect of polarity. So you have one and you have two, maybe in the reverse order, and you add them together and that's three. And three is really that unification because you're bringing God into it. So it becomes God, it becomes you, and it becomes me or the feminine and the masculine and God. And it brings that in as a unity. So that's what I'm feeling compelled to talk about. The fact that it's the first breath also brings that in. I literally have done this whole interview without mentioning anything about the fact that our subconscious is also driven by our connection to the divine. It it is the way that we connect to to our source creator in whichever language you want to use. And so this is just reminding me, you're here to talk about it. And the old way would have been the more scientific. I work for, you know, inspection and scientific. That's my background. And here I am being told, this is a new you. Let me breathe life into this new version of you. And so when God created the world, he spoke, this is in scripture, he spoke everything into being. He spoke the separation of the planets, the separation of light and dark, the creating of animals and life and plants and water and all of that. He spoke all of that. On the last day, he created, not the last day, the second last day, he created Adam and Adam, in order to bring life into Adam, he breathed from the depths of inside of of God, he breathed his essence into Adam to create him, to create humans. And so we are of the essence of God. We have God in us everywhere. I'm not saying we are God. I'm just saying we have it in us. 
and to speak it and to let it out. So that's what I'm drawn to talk about. That's a very um, Kabbalistic approach to the written scripture. Um, but yeah, what an amazing card. And then the, the spheres themselves where there's no beginning and no end and it's like a contained shape. Yeah, it's a container, right? Yeah, without without any corners. Actually, I'm also being there's like dream after dream has been coming up for this when we're talking about it. Oh my so, god. Yeah. I had a I had a dream where I had to move a staircase and I couldn't get the staircase to connect to the other half of the staircase. And on it was a an orb sitting on top of a cube. And for some reason I wanted to move those things in order to move the staircase. So I don't, I don't, I, I never actually understood that connection for the orb. And now I'm going to go and look into it. Dreams can constantly be giving you something, right? For my first initial interpretation of that is that I needed to get things in place for my foundational support of my staircase to connect to that higher source of the staircase. So I couldn't push it together until I pulled a whole bunch of things into place. Hmm. So beautiful. And thank you for sharing that and, and for your personal, your, your deeply personal connection to this. You know, I, I think that's so powerful to hear. And, you know, my interpretation of this is, is like the curiosity and the, it says right here on the card at the bottom, beginner's mind. And I just think that there's no other or no better energy to come toward dream work than a beginner's mindset and just curiosity and allowing each new dream to have its own meaning and to be curious about that and to be curious about your subconscious and curious about the fears that you want to let go of. I just love that curiosity, that beginner's mindset, that childlike wonder and awe at all of it, I think really just encompasses like what it is to be willing to look at your dreams, right? It takes that energy, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. I, I absolutely love curiosity. I'm a playful person anyways. I'm getting, I'm getting flack because it's winter here or like snow is starting to fall and I love snow. So I'm posting on my social media how much I love snow and people are like, who are you? <laughs> you, you snow loving weirdo. But to me, it's like every change of a season is like this renewed energy of fun and play. And like, what would I have done as a child? What did I do as a kid? What do I want to do? I still have young kids. So like I built, I am that weirdo on the front lawn building a snowman in the middle of the day so that my kids come home and they get to play with or finish off the snowman. Like that's so fun. I love that. Weirdo. I just like to play. It's fun. Well, most people like want to be in warm weather. So I love that you just embrace like who you are and what you love and where you live and all of those things. That's amazing. Yeah, Amanda, if anyone wants to connect with you and wants to go deeper or do some coaching with you, find a safe place to discuss their dreams and just learn more about this, where can you be found and what offerings do you have coming up that people might be interested in? The easiest thing is you can email me directly at spiralembrace at gmail.com. My website is www.spiralembrace.ca because I'm in Canada. And on the website, uh, it shows my different offerings. So I have the one-on-one coaching. 
I don't always work with dreams. So I do regular coaching as well, especially life mission and values mining, like really helping people find what's important to them in their life and where they want to take it. For one-on-one dream work, it's actually a fantastic session, sometimes 60 minutes, sometimes 90. And we can work on any aspect of the dreams that works for you. And if you want to just touch your toes in, I have a dream circle that brings in anybody. I'm calling it drop in because you could just, you can come in this week, but you don't have to come in next week. At this point, they're on Tuesday evenings. That might change if people are feeling like Tuesdays aren't a good time. If you want a different time, message me because I can create a separate separate group for a different time and date. Um, But right now it's really building a community where we can learn that communication style, re-teach ourselves how to connect with dreams. And you don't have to share. I know that dreams can be very personal and until you're comfortable, like you don't have to share in that group environment because the way that I've structured it is I will always have dream examples and we will work through processes so that you can examine your own symbols in, in your own space. So bring a pen and paper. It's really, you're working on your, your stuff and it's, you could share if you want to. So you can come into the community and, and, and have it as a drop-in. So come when you feel like you need to examine a dream and it's not obligated, but it's fun and, and open. So. Oh, I love that you're creating a supportive space for people to talk and share about that. I think that's so important. So Thank you so much, Amanda, for being here today. I, I just loved this conversation. I learned a lot and I just feel like you are just such a powerful force in so many different ways. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm just starting to see how it all pulls together. So this has been a, a wonderful experience. I absolutely, I feel drawn to your personality and I'm sure that all of your listeners are very much in tune with your own vibration. So. I welcome them all and thank you very much for learning about your dreams today. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at thesoulrisingpodcast.com or at the underscore soul rising podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.